All right. Okay, so we're not even gonna we're not even gonna mess around with this. I don't know how to start. Season two, episode two. Boom. There's your intro. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. I feel like the music should start like now, right after you just <laughs> said that. <laughs> And okay. dead air. Cool, cool. <laughs> you know what? You, I really needed you to like play off of it right there, and you just let me down. I thought you were gonna keep going. You were like, so, you, you were, were on eleven. You wow. were on eleven. Why would I step in front of your way when you're on eleven? And now, and now I'm back down to like a seven, just because now, of you. It's your fault. Everybody, hello. It's Aaron's fault. Hey, she actually introduced me. Sure, that's Aaron. I'm Emma. Are you gonna like say that we should introduce ourselves every episode? I feel like that's superfluous at this point. Like that's if you if you don't necessary. do it, then I'm going to mention it. But you did Thank it God. this time, so uh, you know we're good. We're Will in the has cave. a phone, everybody. Yes. For some reason, and... my my first note is Will's phone is dying. And so later on in the show, I'm just gonna bring it. Up. I'm gonna skip past this. Later I know. on in the you show, want to talk about it. He recharges his phone, but it doesn't. He gets no, a, he a battery pack, I guess. I thought I thought he was unpacking a new phone. I thought he got a burner. Was that a burner or was it a battery pack? I don't pack? know. I have no, no idea. One of the scenes, no, because in one of the scenes, when he's looking down at the text messages from his mother, you can see that it's plugged in. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even That's why that. I was like, where did he get this battery pack? That's what we're unpacking this time, everybody. Will's phone. That is the most important part of this. That is where we're starting and where we're ending. Will's phone. Yes, yes. We that was questions. the entire show. I have no insight for you because this book is written in the 90s and he doesn't have an iPhone. So I have nothing to tell you. So are they just wandering around using no information? There's no internet anywhere? They don't stop into a cafe and nope. an internet cafe or anything like that? Nope. So then how do they know what to do? Because people knew things before we relied so heavily on the internet. I know it's hard no, for didn't. us to understand, but people did, in fact, live their lives before they had Google at their fingertips. I believe I've asked this before, or not asked this before, but had this conversation before with you, where I was with a really close friend of mine, and I we were sitting there watching soccer, and I was like, do you remember how we did homework before the internet? <laughs> and he was like, no, no, I don't. And I'm like, I don't either. You know how, like, either. you see a problem that you don't understand, so you look it up word for word, and, like, somebody in the world has had that same worksheet and has posted all the answers, and you're like, cool, this is it. Yeah. but that's, Yeah, I don't know how people survive before that. So the, yeah, I was going to say, this is the internet. I don't, okay. So, yes. But more in, importantly, no capes. No capes, no. No capes. He went full Edna mode. She was not allowed to wear a cape to his world, which clearly I thought was a poncho and not a cape. It could have passed. Let's be honest. What she had, what Lyra had on to, to go into Will's Oxford, it could have passed. It would have been fine. So all this to say, we have been talking around it. Um, the, the episode starts with them uh, getting ready to go over to Will's Oxford, which is different than Lyra's Oxford, which we, we discussed at length in the last one. Yes. So they're they're in Earth Prime. They're um They're in Chitagatse. No, excuse me. They're not yeah, yes, yes. Let's start there. They're in Chitagatse. They with don't red pick panda up pan. But the thing the is that's panda. that's strange is they don't pick up where they left off on the last episode. Because the last episode oh, like he's sitting walking, on the stairs? No, he was walking down oh. the hallway or whatever and he was uh, going to the tower. Yeah, that, no, they they totally didn't pick up that at all. Like you just assume then, like, all right, he turned around, went to bed. But yeah, it's weird because they they build up this whole thing of the the that little specter thing behind them, and then just didn't pay it off. That you doesn't know make why? any sense. Is it you because know why it doesn't not, make any sense? It's, it's not, not in the book. book. Yeah, it's not in the okay. book. Okay, all right. So that's why but it doesn't no, make any sense. even from a story 
telling standpoint. Like, did, are there two different directors on this episode or something? Because it just feels like that line or that train of thought was just the writer was off. the same though. Jack Thorne, um, if I remember correctly, wrote the first episode, and he was a co-writer on this episode. Yeah, but directors make changes all the time. True. So true. Who who knows? But we what have so we're getting ready to go over. Will's phone is dying. Panda's a red panda, and then we have a little our little uh, montage moment of of Lyra getting dressed to to look appropriate in Will's world, where Aaron uh, immediately called me out. Yes, for being for for the pants situation because this. This is the situation where she puts on, he, he suggests that she wear pants and she's like, why would I do that? I'm not a boy. And so when she was wearing pants last season, I was traumatized. I was scandalized. And this season when she puts on pants with no worries, nonchalantly. Very. Um, it's, it's, again, nothing. It's not a, it's not I'm a thing. I'm just saying she's never in her life worn pants before this in the books. It was like a moment that just jarred. It was jarring. Okay, it was jarring. Almost as jarring as getting hit by a car the second you walk into her world. Which I world. totally called. As I soon as you said percent. it last week, I was, I was so glad we weren't in the same room for once. Because, like, my face, and I was like, he's going to lose it when she immediately gets hit by a car. Yes. Yes. But I it was, was like thinking, such like a tap. Like she didn't even get hit. And, all right. Yeah, you don't understand. Needed, she got hit in the book. Yeah. I need a full blown um what's the what's the show we were watching? With a little Oh my kid god, Orphan hit. Black. <laughs> I need a full blown <laughs> no. orphan black kid getting hit by the no. car. Lyra getting flung, pan coming out of the backpack, flying on the ground. Yes, Terrible. I need all that. But so in the book, I, like the the thing is on a really, it's like on a really busy street, which kind of helps because like nobody's looking at the side of the road. So she yeah. literally runs full out into traffic. The car that's gonna hit her slams its brakes. They get hit by the car behind them, which pushes them into her. And then by the time he comes out, she's on the ground, not moving. Oh wow! Yeah, no, like they she did she gets up, that. but like she like she full blown pretty much got hit. And so like when she runs out and like does this little twirl to get away, from, I was like, what is this? Hit the girl with the car. <laughs> they they couldn't go there. It's it's a British show, you know. If this is America, yeah, we're going full blown. As you've just seen. like they couldn't torture the witches. Oh no, that was a Canadian censorship. Show. Sorry. Uh, censorship. yeah. So that should have prepared you actually. Then this week, you know, they didn't go full blown the last week. They're wow. not going full. My note week. actually says hit by a car, and then the next bullet. That was a lame hit. Wow. <laughs> it was you. your American mind. That's terrible. So we we had we had me being excited that she got hit by a car for some reason, uh, mm-hmm. and then Aaron had your you had your moment of excitement when you saw your favorite character. Finally, uh, the show has come back to his senses and decided to put the real story uh, a little bit up front, um, but it was like a quick second. You know how they they like to tease the good stuff. Yeah, they did a flash with Boreal, and he was waiting for some reason, waiting there. And Will and Lyra come through the portal and he sees them. So he's right place, he's, right time type of thing. He is wherever he needs to be in this show. They can put him anywhere because he's nowhere in the book. I, all right. I, I feel like that's hatred towards a character that's written very well. And I will not allow it on this podcast, please. Wow. Thank you. Let's wow. move forward. Wow. <laughs> so Lyra is getting her first look at this world where they clearly have faster cars than there are in her world. Oh, which by the way, I forgot that they had cars in her world. That's because they like they do, but they don't like they're not like our cars. They're really so, like, not. Like they don't the mention movie, them in the books. In the movie, I can I can I hear you. 
because when they showed the quote unquote cars, they didn't look like cars. Let's not base anything off what's in the movie, okay? Because the movie also didn't get shit right. uh, First of all, yes, it did. The first at least 15 minutes, it was the (laughs) most accurate depiction of Lyra that there was so far. So let's get that get that out the way. But yeah, but no, I didn't. I really didn't. I didn't. Remember, it wasn't enough impression for that other world to make me believe, like, oh, yeah, there's cars. Uh, that's right. That's a thing. But really not. I mean, there is, though. There's ambaric like, powered cars. That's wow. a new thing. Ambaric power is electricity. <laughs> yeah. I said it's a new thing over there. I wow. said it's a new thing over there. Wow. Jeez. Electric is, cars are a thing over here, are they not? Who's the Lyra's world version of Elon Musk? Um, it's probably Boreal, to tell you the truth, the way he's Good dressing. Good God. <laughs> okay, get over yourself. Get over yourself. So Lyra gets excited because she sees a tower that is uh, similar to her Jordan College. And she's like, I know where I am. And she fucking takes off immediately. Yeah. She she runs through a, a bunch of people. Um, it looks like she goes through some tourists, too, when she's on her way. Um, which I actually I only brought that up because they had cameras. And I was yeah. wondering, does she think that's weird? Because, you know, they don't have pictures or whatever they have. Uh, they have photograms. Whatever. It's the same thing. Um, but, yeah, she makes her way through um, whatever the little college square thing is. And um, she gets to a, a, a construction site. Which is ostensibly where her home should be. And she gets very sad. Uh, he literally so told you before we, we. Yeah, we literally told like you we, this we, before we, went over we this left. Era. That's why I don't understand why she was so Because she's whatever. 12, Aaron. Yes, she that's is, right. I can't ex- express this enough. She is 12. Mm. Well, Ish. it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And then we take a quick 90-degree turn. Big-ass funeral. Cardinal is dead. Yes. So that was expected, He's though. dead, dead. Yeah, yeah, that but, was like, expected. But, like, there was no, like, build There was no, like, it was just, like, one moment. Maybe we could kill him. Next moment, he's dead. Yeah, no. I mean, I was expecting that. I I wasn't expecting him to do like the full blown. I thought they were just going to be like on the submarine. He's dead. You're acting cardinal now. They went, you know, the full nine. And actually, it was a pretty nice shot uh, scene and everything with everybody there. Um, he had her crocodile tears. He had Mrs. Coulter's crocodile tears. She is like the actress in the in that world. She's like, killing it. You can't trust anything. She is a character. Like that's it. You don't know. What her motives are. They're doing you're... Coulter well. They're doing her, her like her personality. Yeah, I other like than her the character. Fact, other than the fact that she gives a damn about Lyra, which like she truly does not in the book. Uh, at least at this point, like she's like does not care. She's like they had that whole conversation of like, I don't want her. You take her. And he's like, I don't want her. You take her. And they're like, well, neither yeah. of us want her. But isn't this a good motivator, though? Like, you know, no, no? you don't Women like have that? motivators other than children, Aaron. No, they don't. No, Women have don't. other motivators <laughs> than no, the product of their wombs, Aaron. It's it's always children. Wow. It's all, when when you boil it down, you can always How lead dare it right you? back to kids. How dare you? Yeah, no. But, I uh, like she her cries her little crocodile tears. Uh, I she do does. like the uh, I do like because we always talk about like the symbolism with their clothes and her especially like depending on the color she's wearing. So she's in all black for the funeral, but she is still wearing a red lipstick. Uh, very much stands out. I did out. not catch that. I didn't, wow. Yeah. I caught it. In me. She's got like this deep berry red lipstick, you know, if you really want to get into it. I was in her eyes with the, the gigantic tears. I was trying to see if one will fall, which I didn't <laughs> see. I didn't they see. Did. They did. Okay. Maybe it was the, the frame rate, but it was welling up. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is, she's putting on a show for real, for real. 
And as you said, uh, Father McPhail is the quote-unquote acting cardinal, and they are immediately framing the witches. Yeah, right off happened. the rip, in at the funeral, like literally yeah. at the funeral. They're 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 putting them up as, hey, they're the ones that did this. Uh, we must respond in kind. Um, Would you tell us to this I, giant arena of people where they're hosting the not, funeral? Is it not supposed to be that? I couldn't tell you because none of this is in the book. I'm going to tell you right really? now, this episode, like 90% of this episode, not in the book. I don't know where so, they're coming from with most of this. So is the Cardinal dead in the book, though? The Cardinal is not. No, oh, he's not. What? Okay, so he's not dead? The Cardinal what? does not appear once in this book. Not one, I literally just read it last week. Not one mention of really? the Cardinal. Huh. None of this okay. magisterium shit is in the book. In the previous book, maybe then? There's a little bit the 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 character of the cardinal exists. He's in the first book. Um, not one second in the second book. Okay, not so one then, line. Okay, because so, so, so I don't so know we, where they're getting none of this from. From the last episode, we knew that um, uh, Mrs. Coulter did this literally to uh, basically have a power play, right? Yes. That's what my perception was. I do this for you, you know, Squid Pro Row. And blah, blah, blah. Yes. So is there something in the book that is a situation akin to this that, you know, uh, is that what they're just substituting, basically? No. Is that what you can think of? Okay. Well, then I just, I have no idea then. (laughs) They're coming totally out of left field. Um, I will say it's been years since I read The Amber Spyglass, which is the third book. uh, So I could be forgetting something from in that one. But yeah, no, they're they're totally out of left field. They're filling time, I think, uh, with the Magisterium plot, which is... Good, I'm going to say, like, the at, at a, as a concept, it's good. Because I will say in the books, the magisterium for a lot of this book in particular is kind of just this overarching, you understand that they're the bad guys, you understand that they're the big bad, that they're this kind of shadowy church organization. Uh, but you really don't see them at all, for the most part. Like, there's a couple times where you'll see uh, representatives of the church here and there, they talk about the magisterium, but you're not seeing characters like McPhail and like having whole conversations and like whole scenes with them. Like that's not, is not how it goes. Well, I would, I would see them showing them as a, I guess a better way. So you can kind of get that feeling, even right. though I never got any of that in season one, this episode actually solidified more of where they're coming from, in my opinion, especially with the court scenes and the accusation mm-hmm. at the funeral and all that. Like it, it made me feel like oh yeah okay these are the the big bats right here so yeah so as a concept i'm cool with them adding more stuff with the magisterium i'm not sure i love the direction they're taking with the witches uh and how that's playing into it because this whole like framing the witches for the cardinal's death which is totally not a thing um dr lancelius being pulled into the magisterium not a thing We'll get to that later. They're they're coming way out of left. They're leaving stuff out that you said that I wonder how important it is in the book of, like you said, witches, some witches sided with them. We're not getting any of that. Yeah, some of the witches were still working with uh, with the magisterium. Yeah, see, nothing... Of that is, and now with this solidifying, this episode solidifying, mm-hmm. that I don't think that's ever that going to be a thing going forward. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder how important that is in the book. That's because yeah, I don't know, of course, because like it might be a third book thing where at the end, you know, you know, the witches that sided on the with on the, be like, oh, you know, they were right along or something, or you know, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting thing now. 
see, okay, and we talked about this a little bit the last episode of them going into some unknown that you don't know where they're going. I I feel, I personally feel that it's going to be an episode or a moment where they split the 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 book and they go off on their own trail. There are certain things where they have to, and there's certain things that they've already done that with. Like a lot of this witch plot line has already done that. Like they've kind of taken off some of that. And then there's a part that we'll get to later. If you remember in the the episode, I think I actually said, I'm going to yell. Yeah, no, I know uh, exactly what part you're talking about. They're splitting some shit. Uh, It's, yeah, I don't. Because you, because that part, I was confused, and I'll tell you why I was confused in that part as well. But um, we'll get there. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So Will uh, is taking care of Lyra's scraped knee from this this tap, this love tap of a car crash. Uh, and he had band aids. He was prepared. Good as new. Yeah, he, he had like he had fucking uh, what do you call it? Uh, antibiotics, antibiotic serum, gel. Yeah, there's a word. Dude was really uh, dude was really prepared to just be out on his own. I guess you know. That's sounds like he's not much of a murderer. Wow. That sounds like Just he's very much a murderer. He's prepared, okay? You know who's prepared? Band-aids, murderers. With band-aids. What if you get a... stabbed when you're murdering somebody? What if they fight you're that? You're going to put a band-aid on yourself? On those defensive wounds? Yeah, fingernails, you know? Mm, okay, let's, let's continue. <laughs> he has to explain to Lyra what a phone is. He didn't, and though. And then he tried a little bit, but, like, not really. He said you use it to phone people. And I'm like, you can't use the def- like the word and the definition of the thing. She doesn't know what that means. I mean, you kind of can. If you ask me what a movie was, I'd be like, it's moving pictures. Movies. But movie is not in that description. <laughs> she asked what a phone is, and he says you use it to phone people. You can't do that, Will. Okay, okay. He- Will cannot be a teacher. He's remember, a murderer, not a teacher. Remember, remember he's 12, okay? He's, Apparently not. Apparently he's, he's close to the change, okay? He's, he's, he's close to the change. He doesn't know about that. about to become a man and about Which, to be eaten by specters. Really hope we don't get that scene in this. That, that'd be disturbing. Wow. <laughs> Good God. He has a crap ton of messages from his mom. Wondering as where the hell would. he is. Yeah, as one would. You know, you, you've been gone for three days, right? Because he said he was over at the other place for three days. He, by, uh... It's he been longer that, than that. Uh, well, at the point where they leave their world, leave Chitagatse and go to his back to his world, I think it's been longer than three days because he had already. Uh, I don't fucking know. It's been a matter does, of days. Are we talking time? Let's talk moves? like a week. Let's say like a week. Are no, we time, time moves, moves differently. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. So let's like say like a week or something. So okay. yeah, he dropped his mom off with that. I totally forgot that it was a dude and not his piano teacher. Um, it was the boxing coach. How did you forget that? Because I just read the book and it's not, there's no boxing coach in the book. So I'm like, yeah, he left her with his piano teacher, who's wow. a woman. It's clearly you didn't uh, listen to season one of Death I did Watch, not. But whatever. I don't okay. like the sound of my own voice. And I feel like our listeners will agree. Mm, All seven no, of they them. Wouldn't. Wow. <laughs> Hi, everybody. She, <laughs> wow. I just I'm wanted to, to have a back. little moment. Shut to get back on their good side. <laughs> wow. She goes to the museum, okay? They they split up at this point because that's what you should do with this girl that's never been in this world before. He says, well, yeah. there's botanical gardens because there's botanical gardens in your world. So they clearly are the same place. I mean, if she was able to navigate to a certain area where she thought it was the same and she's like, hey, it's normally this thing and it is, 
in his world just slightly different, then I can see them thinking that the botanical there are gardens so are so many botanical gardens, part. though. That's very true, but I mean, they're in Oxford. So, wow. where are the Oxford botanical gardens? Will goes off on his direction. Lyra, while she's walking, steals a poster for a museum exhibit of the North and mm-hmm. decides that's where she's going to go. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they didn't give the nod to the, the bears. She walked right past the po- polar bear poster and didn't even acknowledge them. So here's kind of one of the places that they didn't take a chance that I thought they could have. So, which brings up some really interesting questions, which maybe that they just didn't want to deal with in the show, which whatever. So she goes to this museum exhibit and she does in, in the show as well. Like she goes to an, uh, this museum and she sees an exhibit and she sees things, she sees these things that are on display that don't just look like they're from her world. They very much appear to be the exact items from her world. And she starts to oh. question whether there's only one world because she sees a photograph. She sees she sees a picture, which she she sees as a photogram showing some Samoyed hunters uh, that look very much like the ones that took her when they were taken to Bulvanger. And then she looks closer and it's not just that they look like them, it's the same people. And she looks at their huh. sledge and it's the same sledge. And she can tell because the rope is frayed in exactly the same way as the rope that she had been tied with. And she starts to uh, wonder, maybe there's only one world. Maybe there's not a bunch of worlds. What's going on? Where's the split? And then that's when Boreal shows up, right? So that's when we have an issue. Wow. Because do you remember me saying last week and you didn't believe me? You were like, I said that there is a there are some things that you can do in a book that you physically cannot do in a visual medium. And I and still didn't believe don't believe me. you. Still don't believe so, you. So in the book, Lyra is approached by Sir Charles Latram. You don't know that that's Boreal because you have never seen him before. You can't do that in the show because we know you, what Boreal looks like. But, but... Hold on. Yeah, you could have if you never put him, in, put him in the first season. No, if you just never put him in the first season. Oh, oh so now you agree right with me that they should have just done it this way. But no, oh, no, no they didn't. No, no, no. Hold on. I don't agree that they should have done it that way. I'm just telling you how it could have been done. So I'm fine with them doing it that way. He would have still been in the first season because she has seen him before. She just doesn't remember him. And she, she, she sees Sir Charles Latram and she thinks to herself, she's like, this guy looks familiar and I can't really place him. Maybe he just looks like somebody I've seen before because she had seen him once before at the party that Mrs. Coulter threw, which was the way that she eventually escaped. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So she yes. saw him at that cocktail party and we would have seen him in that episode. And then she sees him again here and she doesn't put it together. You do not know for the longest time that Sir Charles Latram and Boreal are the same person because she doesn't know. They could have done that as well if they had like actually shown his face and made him more of a shadowy character. You know what I mean? But like, they didn't. I know. I'm just telling you. There, you can't there are ways make it happen. They, you can. There are just ways that they didn't choose to do it. With but the it's a thousand. That they made. It's a thousand percent possible. I thought you were going to go with some type of special effect type of thing, like a no, dragon swooped in or something. That, it's just the easiest shit. It's like you can't show this guy and then show him again and expect us not to remember who he is because we, <laughs> as the audience, know that. But when you're reading yeah. the book, you don't know that. So later on. In the story, when it's revealed that Charles Latcham and Boyle are one and the same, that's a big moment that you're never going to get in the show. Oh no, you'll get the, you'll get it in the show because she's no, going to react. You already know she's going she's going to react. She's going. <gasps> but you you're already not. Know. You're wow. not. 
Yeah, that's, that's wow. what you're gonna. Yeah, and you just have to play along with her. You know, stupid, stupid. <laughs> so she, we jumped ahead a little bit. She starts using the alethiometer again because apparently she's gotten over her like I don't want to use this because it scares me now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts giving her like you know it tells her you know go to the scholar, but it's like giving her very alethiometer answers. It's like look for the 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 door with the mountain on it, and like in the book it straight up tells her like go to this number door in this building like. This is what you're looking for. It was not uh, you gotta, mysterious you make and vague it, at all. You got to make it more mysterious for the viewers. She actually like she like looks at it and it's so it's such a blunt answer and of such like a go here do this this door this number this building this person uh, that like she thinks that there's more to it and she's like is that is that it like you're not gonna nothing special and then it tells her as well focus on the boy help him find his father that's your that's your mission here. So we never got that second part though, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it tells did her. Did we? It yeah. tells her. And she gets confused. She's like, she's like, why? That's not really. And then she even talks to Will about it at the end of the episode. Yeah, I remember you were like, did it tell you? Is that no, because it. No, the thing that I was remarking on, I was being snarky about the fact that Will had said, so it told you my father's alive? And she said, yeah. And I was like, the fuck it did? You never asked. Oh, okay. That part. Okay. Yeah, yes. I remember. She, that's like a specific line in the book, too, of. He asks, like, so it told you my father's alive? And she says, no, because I didn't ask it that. So, like, and so when they put that in the show, I was like, no, it didn't. It never said that. You had a whole conversation. It didn't say that. So for a hot second, can we go back to the museum in Boreal? Um, wow. wow. So you said in the book, though, she sees things that are actually from her world. Right? It would appear so, yes. As far as she knows, yeah. Well, I mean, if if it's described to a T and she remembers yes. it like that, then, yeah, it's probably a, a photograph. So is this just implied that Boreal is the one bringing the stuff over for? No fucking clue. I guess that it's kind of left open for you to freak out about yourself. That's the logical explanation is that well, he's well, some sort of show, collector that. Yeah, that's what he says, right? He's yeah. like, I donate a lot of things to the. So that's why I'm trying to tie the book in with the, the show type situation where it's like. Okay, maybe he brings things over, and that's what was implied in the book, or something. Yeah, that's kind of what you're like left to assume. Okay. It's also like a much creepier. Like their interaction is really creepy to read about, more so than it is to watch. Because like you're just thinking about the fact that this is a 12 year old girl, and this like old man in his 60s. Walk because that's he's in his 60s in the book. This okay. old guy in his 60s. <clears throat> is just walking up to this 12-year-old girl and, like, puts his hand on her shoulder at one point and then gives him, like, he's like, well, if, here's my address and my phone number if you ever want to get in contact with me. I'm like, what are you Good doing? Lord. Stranger danger. What are we doing here? Yeah. This is super cr- Like, it was very disturbing to read. I was about to say, because that didn't come off at all like that. It did not. The show. It truly did not. I was like, this, we're oh, this is creepy. Kind of just a curator looking type of person. It was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to learn more about skulls, um, I can't read. So why don't we learn together? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, oh, it's tripping. I read it right there. He's like, I wish I knew as much as you. She just told you she read it on a sign. Yeah, but he clearly didn't know how to read when he was young. It's something to do with the magisterium not teaching you to read when you're younger. Yeah, I, I got so- the connotations. <laughs> The skulls are kind of another thing that they jump over in the show that are focused more on in the book. Um, so the skulls are what she's actually using the alethiometer on in in the book. So she's kind of going around when she sees the things that she recognizes. I think um, 
she starts asking about dust. She asks the alethiometer about dust and like, is there dust here? And she finds that these skulls that she's looking at have are like covered in dust in a way that a lot of the other things aren't. And she doesn't really know why. So she asks at one point how old they are. And I want to say the museum exhibit says there's something like four or 5,000 years old. Jesse Lithiometer, and they're actually closer to 30,000 years old. They're about 34,000 years old. So the exhibit is like way the fuck off. Um, And then she also makes the connection that the the hole that's in these skulls, the trepanning that he's talking about, um, is the same wound, I guess you would call it, that was on Grumman's skull when... Um, Asriel presented it to the scholars. He had oh, one. Oh, I didn't even think about that, that the snake went through and everything. Yep. So. So wait, though, but because he was like, this isn't his skull. I don't, okay, it's confusing because I don't, I don't, because I remember thinking he knew that wasn't the skull because he was like, we didn't kill him this way. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like when he saw the skull and the, the hole in his head. But. Well, so the hole in his head is not, trepanning is not, um, it's not killing them. It's something that they do for spiritual reasons. It does not kill them. So you basically drill a hole in your head and then it heals. So that's how you can. Lobotomy or something. Yeah, no. So you, so you can, you can tell that it's healed because if it, if it was how they died, then the bone never would have healed around it. But you can tell the difference because you can see the calcification where the bone has healed around that wound. Um, so it's it's a spiritual thing in in other cultures. Uh, I don't really know the exact reasons for it, but it's you live beyond it. It's a sort of uh, in some ways it's a rite of passage. But yeah, you basically have a hole <coughs> drilled into into some area of your skull, and then you continue to live like it's yeah. It's not no, the I end. I just uh, I just read the the wiki on it, and yeah, no, you're dying. <laughs> it's like, a, like it looks it's like, a real thing though like yeah, no, in real I see life. exactly they have like actual tools and everything that they use in 18th century all posted on here it was done all over the world apparently so okay continue though i but, understand so that. all that to say that like they kind of left out all of that which isn't you know you can kind of get around that it's just like an interesting thing in the book and then it does kind of come into play later on in what would be this episode as well um that we'll kind of talk about a little bit uh when she's okay. talking with mary malone and do we meet Why did she say that like Not you wanted to yet. say watermelon? Like <laughs> watermelon? No, I like Mary Malone. Okay. I like Mary Malone. She's All I right. like her. Uh, yeah, and she so. tells him that his name that her name is Lizzie, and he is obviously aware that, that that's not the truth. Because I mean, you gotta play the role too, yes. So Wow. So, so uh, Will is on yes, his adventure while all this is going on. Um, and he goes to see his mother. Like, he actually looks at her through a window, and she's fine. Yeah, just staring off into the blank void. Uh, she's fine. N- not doing anything. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's how you do A lot of people just he sit in the room He texts her, says looks. that he's fine. Yeah, and she Which I guess answers. is the 21st century equivalent of, in the book, he sends her a postcard. Is that uh, what happens? Yeah, he actually, he, he finds a postcard and... Uh, puts it in the mail and says that he's fine. He doesn't actually go see her or anything. I guess see, that's boring. I'm glad they they did this. Wow, in the really? The the phone is what makes it not boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, adds excitement to it. Will you know what's exciting? Witches. Witches are exciting. Are they? Go back though? to the witches. They're kind of mm. weird in this show. I'm not. I'm not sure about them yet. Uh, okay. Ruta is getting Ruta's getting yelled at for for having killed the cardinal. Well, she did a big thing. That's a 
big move that will affect a lot of people. Like even without knowing what happens at the end of the, the episode and everything like that, that's a move that would affect a lot of people that she decided to do on her own. Like just unilaterally. Yeah, just being like, you know what? I'm going to take out the head of this gigantic organization that pretty much runs the world. Let's do that. She mm. does, however, make the the accurate note that because of her and her actions, the Magisterium still don't know the prophecy. They still don't know Lyra's name that the witches know her by. They don't know any of that. But they wouldn't have known if she didn't kill anybody that's, anyway. I mean, that's true. That's also true. I got nothing she, for you. It's on the books. I got nothing for you. She, she went and killed who she was supposed to kill. Uh, you know, she went in and killed her own sister, basically, you know. Yes. Uh, and that's it. Smile. That's all you needed. That's all. They wouldn't want a smile. That makes it, sound, smile. makes it sound menacing. Because um, Yambe Aka is a joyous occasion, okay? When, when you are presented with Yambe Aka. All right. Whatever. All right, she wants to unite the clans, thinks they need to, they need to group up to fight back. Uh, but they cannot feel Lyra. They say the light is dull. They can't feel Lyra. It's like she's behind a veil, almost like she's in another world. Oh, really? Maybe. They know about these worlds, though, right? So why wouldn't you they automatically do. just be like, yeah, come on. All right. They do. All right. All right. Uh, give, them a, yeah, give them a chance. Give them a chance. They've just tried mm, it. Uh, they, there's like a very like doomsday-ish, like if we can't find her, then all will be lost because this is apparently a huge <laughs> deal. That's what I don't understand about almost every single character in um, the show, though. They're all really hard-pressed to, to get what they want done, but no one's giving any reason why. Oh, right? oh, we're going to get into that because I'm also mad about that. Because in the book, uh, you know why. You know why. Yeah, at this point. I was about to say, because Lyra in the scene when she's meeting um, uh, Jillian Anderson, she's like, Excuse I you? have to know who the, you know, about dust. Like, is I it the red hair? Got to. Is I that mean, why it's... you think Mary Malone is Jillian Anderson? Or maybe because uh, Jillian Anderson is a chameleon of an actress that can. She's not. You're uh, just blind dip in and out of any character without people knowing that she's from Chicago, Illinois, and not well, England. Okay, calm down. You, yes. Now you can bring in inside <laughs> conversations into the podcast that I'm nobody's going to understand. I people know, all right? I stand just by it. She's British. People know. I don't care if she's from Chicago. She's British. I don't care. From Chi-Town, people. So wow. <laughs> she says, oh, man, I need to you know, know about dust really bad. No motivation or no like real thing about it besides oh, a friend of mine died, and I got to know because he died. Okay, but, like, where do you go from there, bro? Like, what do you, like that's it. Like, if she if she had a simple answer for you as soon as you sat down in that office and be like, oh, yeah, dust is uh, this, blah, 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 then what would you do? Just wander back home and that'd be it? Pretty much. That's what I understand. Okay, and then the witches. Again, <laughs> there's, a, there's a prophecy. There's a, a um, you know... The, Let's explain it though. Like, what what do we? What is this prophecy supposed to be? Is the world going to get destroyed? Should I be worried? Should I pack? Should I move? You know, are bombs going to rain from the sky? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should start talking about that. Wow. You know, I don't know the motivations of anybody, and this was kind of the same thing. But you said that it's supposed to be revealed this by now. I should know. We should know at least the overarching thing that we should know right now is Azriel's plan. There's like a uh, whole ass speech of Azrael's plan and kind of everything branches off from that. That's probably next episode. It should now have been this episode. There was a perfect opportunity for it and they didn't take it. 
How do you, how do you pronounce that word? Perfect. <laughs> I'm upset, all right? I'm upset. Um, so, uh, I mean, I feel like, and, and that was the other thing, like Will, he wants the money, but what are you going to do with that money, bro? You really think you're going to just up and move as a 13-year-old boy with a crazy mom? Don't like, worry about it. Yeah, like, that don't work, so. We haven't gotten there yet, because first, Lyra has to meet Dr. Mary Malone. Yeah, it was a good scene. I like, uh, I, I liked how Lyra was completely uh, transparent. Like, you actually saw her come down, sit down, and tell her everything. Like, no, in my world, as as if she knew what she was talking about, as if Mary Malone knew what she was talking about. That's how yeah. transparent she was with her. And Well, that was what I, the alethiometer said to her. It said, don't lie to the scholar. You yeah. have to tell her the truth. But see, I I like that from a storytelling standpoint. Not having to dance many, around it. Yeah, with new characters in a story. Like, you know all this backstory of what the situation is, and you're, I can't really explain to you, but no, yeah, you can. Just tell me the whole thing. <laughs> That's all you can do. I'm a new character. Lay it out for me. And I, I really, I don't know why that felt so refreshing to hear her just be, to speak so, you know, open and, and candid about why she's there. Like, this is what it means in my world. I am from another world. Uh, you know, this machine over here told me to come see you, blah, 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 yakety-schmackety. Um, she did all that, and it kind of seemed like it was to convince this person, but for some reason, you still didn't bring out the talking animal in your backpack and say, <laughs> You know what they hey. had? You know what? Because we, we got the gecko that talked. They only had a budget for so much talking from the animals. What's his name? Pan was all in in the the episode in the backgrounds until he got stuffed in the backpack and died apparently from shaking animal syndrome as Lyra <laughs> ran through the streets shaking her backpack and bumping that it on truly everything was so unnecessary because in the book and it happens constantly like it's it's such a it's such a, a normal thing that it's kind of thrown in as a sentence here or there when he needs to hide he turns into like a mouse or a bug and he hides in her pocket and that's it. Because he could still do that, right? That's it. He, he's, yeah. Why he's, did they have to do the extra thing with the backpack? Why was that necessary? I don't know. And that's the first thing I said. I said, why didn't he turn into a fly and just zoom around her like she stank? You know, like the little Charlie Brown kid that has the dust particles around him all the time. That's all she had to do. It's all he had to do. You know, his kids aren't thinking with their heads. Pan never comes out, but we do get Lyra about to cry over Roger. For some first reason, that's what of, she decides to tell this woman. First, first bit of emotion she's shown for the boy. She doesn't show it in the book. Sin, yeah, see that. She does not. Okay. Roger does not come up in this <laughs> in this conversation. No, she does not have this moment where like she's trying to explain. She's like, I can't explain it right. Oh my god, this is no. She like flat out is like, here's what I want to know. Here's see, what I do know. Like how, does not have this whole like, oh, I'm sad because I can't explain it. You never understand. My friend died. Shut up, girl. I don't understand how you as a child could even. <laughs> accept this character I love like Lyra. no there's no love for this character because she has you. no love for no one else 
So she how do you Roger. love someone? No, she didn't. Because she, she would have had this scene that she had with, uh, with, uh, she did not <laughs> now need I want to call down. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, no, she didn't break down, at least. She showed emotion. She didn't break down. She wasn't like sobbing or anything like that. She just showed actual emotion and regret that her friend that was there, that she feels guilty for, uh, getting in the situation is gone dead is not coming back as opposed to just being like i'm here for this like how in the book are you reading that and being like yeah Makes you sense. know what this character is mm-hmm, this is the one Makes this sense. is the one no you never read the indian in the cupboard did you god not in a long i read it when i was like a little kid i don't remember that at all i remember the movie more than the book that kid in the book showed emotion when a toy died so how is it this... stronger than that stupid kid that's not that's not that has nothing to do with strength <laughs> your emotions don't make you weak how dare you how dare mm, you mm. how dare Zack you Zack Snyder would say otherwise I will uh, we're not even going into that we're not going into that what do they talk about Emma what do Jillian uh, Anderson and Lyra talk about what are they talking about so she goes in she goes in and they in the in the show they have this this sort of conversation where she starts trying to pour everything out and she can't get it out right and she's like oh, I can't do it. Uh, in the book, it's much more like word vomit. Um, she's just like kind of telling everything about everything. She even at one point like she has this moment of where she's like, "This is what dust is. They call it Ruskov particles. Uh, you know, we study it. Not really kids. They don't really tell kids about it. The grown ups don't like it. They're they're afraid of it. What's the Bronze Age? Like all of a sudden out of the blue, what's the Bronze Age? Uh, and she's like, okay. what? Uh, and she, that's kind of when the skulls come in and they start having this conversation. And the only reason it's kind of, it's kind of talked about a few times. So Mary Malone, like you guessed right away, this project that she's working on has to be funded by something and they're clearly having issues. So this thing that they, they've had kind of one little breakthrough on, which is when they figured out that the shadow particles, as they call them, are conscious. Um, that was kind of their one breakthrough and they really haven't had anything since then. And their funding is about like, they've got a funding committee meeting coming up very very soon and no hope of it working out so she's just like tired she's pretty sure this is gonna get canceled she's running on nothing but coffee and adrenaline and she's like if it were any other day i would not be talking to this little girl this is crazy there's absolutely no reason for any of this to be happening but fuck it like my whole project's about to go under so why do i care about anything anymore and they start having this conversation um but what i remembered about the skulls if i could remember the page which i just found is basically she Lyra tells you tells her what I told you like you know they thought the skulls in the museum were about four thousand years old and she says thirty thousand and that kind of triggers something some memory of some some conversation that she had had uh, that Mary Malone had had with her her lab assistant Dr Oliver Payne who we saw later on in the episode where basically okay. they were they were testing things for shadow particles like they did in the show like she was kind of just attaching everything like rocks chess pieces. Uh, man-made objects, natural objects, trying to see what had these shadow particles around it. And she figured out, you know, having access to things that are in the museum, that there's a period of time where things were had no dust, and then suddenly they had a lot of dust. And it was that period about thirty to 40,000 years ago that matches up perfectly with how old that skull is, which is why it was weird to me that that never came in. Uh... I I only thing I can think of is it's just never gonna address it's just not gonna come happen at all. Yeah. 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 So they they go through this whole thing. They kind of do the same thing as in the show. Lyra at some point asks, like, well, can I see the cave? 
And you were so, you were like, last week, you were like, if I don't see one cave in this episode, I was like, he's going to be mad. There is not a real yeah. cave in this episode. Not a real cave. We're, we're talking metaphors here, and that's stupid. Uh, and they don't even get into, like, why it's called the cave. It is a metaphor, and it's a metaphor for Plato, and it's a whole thing that, like, Mary Malone is just a treasure, and I adore her. And I'm really upset that they didn't put, like, kind of her her quirks into this. What did, what What is the metaphor for Plato? I have not read it since college, but it's that that But you like, just read it. No, I haven't read the 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 platonic thing, the Plato thing that she's referencing since college. But, but they don't explain it in the book. Is that what you're saying? Basically? No, not exactly. Um, but it's basically a reference to uh, the cave where you're you're looking at a wall and you learn your whole life. You learn everything from looking at shadows on a wall. And that's why she names her computer the the, the cave. And I was like. They're just going to leave that out. I like her. She's a quirky little physicist. They're just not going to go into this. But whatever. I guess it doesn't matter. The hell does shadows on a wall? Okay. That's whatever. Probably a whole We're not going it, 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 We're not going to get into Plato. Okay. We're just okay. going to just be aware that it exists. And I'm sad that it wasn't in there. But okay. yeah, Lyra okay. goes fully into like different worlds. This is where I'm from. Um, and kind of just lays it all out. And Mary doesn't buy it for a minute. She's like, this is embarrassing. Why am I having this conversation? What are we even doing? Like, why am I letting you talk to me like this? But she's still kind of on that mode of just like, fuck it. Let's see where it goes. And so she lets Lyra into the cave. She lets her, you know, hooks her up and is like, have at it. You know, see what you can do. Because the only thing that they had ever had, like, she had managed to do it one time before where she put her mind into that sort of mindset. And they do reference Keats in the show, which is from the book. And she kind of uh, she references a poem by Keats of, of how she figured out that mindset, that sort of uncertainty and doubt. You put your mm-hmm. mind in and Lyra's immediately like, I know how to do this. Like, that's the lithiometer. I got this. And so this woman hooks her up and is like, this stupid kid doesn't know anything about anything. And then suddenly pictures start to appear. So that's how it happens in the book, though. Yeah. OK, because in the, the show, she Lyra whips out her badge and she says, uh, I can read this thing. Ask me, or uh, yeah, ask me something that you think I wouldn't know. And then that does happen. I cannot remember if it's before or after the cave. Because that's how but, she's like, oh well, if it works the same way with that, maybe it works the same way with my cave. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she does that. She she asks about being a nun, and that's how she figures yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how she's like, this is like her not description. Like she she you know accurately like gives her why she left the nunnery and everything like she's like they would kill you personal like it was something personal that you know she wouldn't know which was a good thing a good little um scene right there you know to be like oh yeah this thing clearly works because i don't know who this little kid is and she seems to know something very personal to me so uh that was good it was good we just skipped over like 20 minutes of the show because i forgot that they were were two different scenes between meeting mary and going to the cave was there it feels like there's just one no, nah, it's in. two separate scenes because after they kind of leave off when she's like, I need you to tell me about the particles you study. And then, boom, we go back to the magisterium where Boreal has managed to make it back after the he funeral. Is, yes, I said, is he the flash? Because he was literally there like in a hot second after we just I'm saw you, him. They can just put him anywhere they want because he's not anywhere in the book. He's in none so, of these places. So they're just like, he could be anywhere. So you got to think about it from they both left the museum around the same time right we got to think it like that she mm-hmm. got to the um that that you know what's her name's office 
the same time it took for him to get all the way back to the portal, then travel all the way to where the Magisterium is within his world. Which who knows where that is. So, I mean, I feel like either there's other portals around the world that maybe can connect him directly. No, to... they're just they're just like making it convenient. Okay. I'm there's just... no explanation. They're just like, nah, this is what it is. So they have uh they've brought Lancelius to the Magisterium. And this is again, like all of this is not in the book. So they're kind of coming out of left field with all of this. Um really? they where they they've brought him in to speak for the witches because he's their consul. He's kind of this bridge between the witches and the humans. And so they bring him in, you know, sort of like uh, an apology, or not even an apology, as like a, a, a show of good faith because we didn't do this. The witches did not do this. This was not us. We didn't. And to be fair, he is right. They did not kill the cardinal. They killed the other witch. Or the, the other, no, no, the other witch. They just didn't kill the cardinal. But, so uh, yeah. they, they, because in the the scene where the witches were talking about, they sent him, right? That's what it yes. was. It was like we sent him, but yeah. we don't get that from the the magisterium. They're like, they think he's a spy immediately. But they instantly. Oh uh, yeah, he's like, can I talk to the prisoner? prisoner. And everybody goes, yeah. What? Like all of a sudden, and then why didn't dude just automatically get a little nervous there? Like he didn't seem like. Like, hey, hold on. This isn't the situation I just walked in. I was supposed I to be know. a uh, like a liaison here. What is going we on? Get some backstory about how like he's the son of a witch, which like is not That's a not thing. Story? No, oh. his whole backstory of like I was the son of a witch, and then you know I had to leave because I was a boy because there are no male witches. If you're if a male is born of a witch, they're just a regular human. Um, I don't. That made see that little that little thing there wow. made me seem like maybe they wow. they can give them some power. They're just being stingy. No, because there's because then he goes on to talk about the ceremony of their of, separation ritual. Their separate. See, I feel like we're. I feel like some sexism is going on here. This is what's going on. Wow. They don't want. They don't want to share the share the wealth. Well, I mean, clearly the church agrees with you. The magisterium agrees with you. Because at some point, he says that witches see the mysteries of this world in ways that men cannot. And the man screams at the top of his lungs, blasphemy. But his reasoning <laughs> is no one but the authority should know these things. Oh, That's whatever. Where his he got, he got mad from. about men. It's not, it's not the fact the, that he, they're not sharing a, things. Can we talk about the fact that he had literally just said that witches are the enemies of men who steal their seed and abandon I mean, their offspring? Do they not? Do they What's not? What's wrong with you? What is I wrong feel with like, you? I feel like that is drawn from a uh, location wow. deep within himself. That is true. Almost like the barb that he sends at Mrs. Coulter when he says, what sort of mother would send her child away? The fact that they turned the camera <laughs> directly to her. And I don't know if you were watching Boreal too, but it was more of a like, yeah, yeah, I think he's talking about you right now. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's let's not make any uh, any fools of ourselves here. You know, and she looked a little embarrassed. She knew what was going on. She's a little, she's a little stung. She's a little stung by that. Uh, but they throw Lancelius in prison and his demon into demon captivity. Whatever the fuck that means. That means it's uh, in a cage next to him. I guess. Uh, which again, not in the book. So I got nothing. Well, for he has it. a snake. He could just slither out of it. I guess. <laughs> That's true. He did have a snake. Yeah, he has a snake. Yeah. Because you thought so it was boreal when he walked into the. the I room. did. I saw a snake, and I was like, "Look, his snake's out." gross wow <laughs> anyway 
So we go back to Will, and again, this is just an entire, this whole sequence of Will, not in the fucking book. Um, he goes to see his mother's lawyer. Does not happen in the book. In the book, what like- happens is that he he calls the lawyer. So the, the premise is the same. Um, he knows that there's some sort of communication of, if you're in trouble, call this lawyer. You know, this is who to talk to. So he does. He calls the number, but the lawyer won't do anything over the phone. He's like, you know, I feel for you. I really do. Um, I understand that your father disappeared and that you are aware. Because Will knows. He's like, we've been getting payments every month from this. Like, I need to know what this is. And the lawyer basically won't tell him anything. He's like, you need to come in person. Like, I I can tell you everything you want to know if you come in person. And he won't do it. And he just doesn't. That, that so just leaves he, off there. So there's no grandparents? There, He does not have grandparents. I don't know where the fuck that came from. That okay, was so... totally out of left field. I was going to say then that is kind of kind of strange that, only because I was going to say maybe when you were like, oh, he called. I was like, OK, they're padding time. That's why he physically went to the office. Um, but if it's not to get the result of to find out that you have grandparents out there, then I, yeah, don't, no. yeah, I don't know what it is. Absolutely not. I I was I was shocked when he went and saw the lawyer and then I was fucking stunned when she was like, oh, there's other trustees. You have grandparents in Oxford. I said, where the fuck are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. OK. I wonder if it's going to play itself out, though. Like if it's going to. you know. I, so what he does instead is that he goes, I believe he goes to the library and he starts, and it made me think of you because I remember you saying you've always wanted to do this. But he goes to the library and he starts sorting through microfiche. Yeah, I like doing it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I still I want to. to I still want to do that. Like it's not a that is not a joke, people. That is a a dream of me, just like sorting through stuff, looking for, and then finding something that no one's ever <laughs> discovered before to end this stuff. So yes, yes. So he goes, he goes to start looking through microfiche for um, – he basically knows the expedition his father was on when he disappeared. So his father was this uh, ex-Marine turned explorer. Um, they went on this, this expedition to the Arctic and never came back. So he goes to the library, starts looking through microfiche of, of what, you know, what happened, what's the actual story. There's kind of this really sweet moment where he sees a picture of himself and his mother, uh, his mother holding him as a baby. Um, mm-hmm. in this story and just you know kind of your general story of this woman that's you know my husband disappeared you know very sad uh and then he from there he still can't find anything so he goes to some institute of archaeology that's nearby where they might have more information and he starts asking all these questions you know what happened to john perry what what happened to the expedition that he was on why were they you know what were they looking for what was he doing there and while he's there you know the guy as he's leaving is like but the journalist that was just here asked all these questions are you with him and then you kind of have that moment of like, what? And he goes, so Boreal's like, there too, huh? Okay. Not quite. Not quite. Because no. he asked him to describe the man. He's like, what did he look like? And he describes the man that Will had killed. What? So before they went to search his house for the letters, they had gone to the same place to find out about the way his father Oh, was so this is pre-mortem. Pre-mortem, yes. Okay. Perimortem. Okay. Yes, Perry. Wow. Yes. I watch a lot of Bones, okay. okay? I watch a lot of Bones. I thought I I thought maybe there was like a he didn't die or something. <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. no, that man is he, dead. Okay, okay. That man is dead. Right. Will is a murderer. The elethiometer said so. So terrible. We skipped all over that part where 
<laughs> he kept telling her to just stop saying said, that. She said, but it said you're a murderer. And he's like, no, what? No. <laughs> but the no, good, a kind, good like kind. Stop saying that. <laughs> There's no such thing. Good Lord. But then what is York Berniston? A murderer. That's what he is. Good God. Is he not? He's a he's an armored bear. No, because this is the discussion we had in the seat in the first season. When I was like, I thought they were gonna make him like, oh, he was drunk and he was out of his mind, he did it on accident type of situation. But he's just a murderer. A little bit. Okay. So like that's that's it. He's he's a murderer. All right. And he's not in the, the story anymore, so Wow. So after being a murderer, um, in wow. the show, in the show, he goes to the lawyer, wants to get the money from the trustee, uh, wants, wants to get the money from the trust, uh, goes to his grandparents to find out if he can. This guy that's supposed to be his grandpa is like clearly not liking him. The man's a racist. We've decided. <laughs> yes, I agree. We've fully decided. He didn't he did even like having, try to uh, hide it. Yeah, no. Which was okay. Like, bro. I, I don't know. Do you and your wife talk at all? Because like, Did you, you see and... them? No, they don't. You wow. See that old white couple? Absolutely not. They... So he's sitting there with the big grimace on his face, and as soon as Will brings up the the trust fund, um, he uh, see, I knew what he was here to ask for money, and like the grandfather just gets all pissed off and gets up and walks away. Um, but one thing that was interesting is. I thought it was going to be like a more reveal of like, how do you know my mom isn't right in the head or whatever? I don't know why I thought that was right over it. Yeah, they skipped over that. I thought that was going to be more of a big thing. Like maybe that would clue him on to like, are you spying on me or something like that? Are you spying on us? Okay. So he he caught on that something. Well, because the Gramps goes out and calls somebody on the phone and is like, he's here. And then you see that it's the cops, though. Yeah. And then, you know, that's when he and grandma kind of had that moment. And he's like, how do you know my mom's sick? And that's when he orchestrates his escape by spilling tea on the carpet. Because everybody in England just has, you know, tea on hand to just give out to people when they come home. Okay. Actually, yes. That is, in fact. Well, I've never been to England. Okay. So. Uncultured. Wow. You've been to England so many times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, I thought so. Anyway, Lyra goes back to use the cave. And so it looks like up. the opening theme. And I got it. It does. It does. It's a now kind of the theme. This season seems like the themes are more uh exposed to see what the stairs are there, uh the different worlds. You and these stairs. I mean, they made it so prevalent in the theme, so I would think it was important, but then no, it's just a scene. <laughs> so you're so like, she's is, hooking is her the, up. Are the stairs in the book? Are they in the? I'm like, no, they're they're not. Because why would you show them so many times and then make like these shadowy <laughs> figures of these two walking visual. on them? Like, visual. oh, their destinies are combined on these stairs. I was expecting literally at the end of this whole thing them both walking up the stairs to meet the authority, and then it'd be <laughs> Keanu Reeves or something like that. I mean, like, it whoa. Be. So I don't see. Um, oh no, no. She's got the thing hooked up. She's in the cave. Yes. So she does her alethiometer type of mind where she kind of clears it or whatever um, and makes what looks like dust on the screen at the time. It's like, you know, 
whooshing by and stuff like that. And um, Watermelon gets all excited and is like, that's the most activity I've ever seen this thing do, you know? Because when I did it, it was just a little, you know, a couple of ripples. Jump. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, I could do, you know, that was just... That's just the beginning. What are you talking about? I could do a lot better than this. Hold on, let me show you. And Lyra just goes back in and full-fledged just makes a virtual alethiometer. She yep. like right in there. Was she asking something? She was asking something, right? Or she was learning more about... So she uh, was asking if it was dust. And it said, yes, it was. The The entity or whatever said it was dust. Yeah. Well, so okay. they kind of skipped over the idea. So dust itself is what's answering her. So uh, Mary Malone had figured out, you know, that had their big break had been finding out that these shadow particles are conscious. Like you can communicate with the particles themselves. Oh. And so and they kind of so- skipped over all of that. Um, but so she is literally talking to dust. And when she's talking to the alethiometer, it's dust that's talking with her. So the reason she's seeing pictures and the reason she's seeing the alethiometer pictures is because that's what she would understand. But she tells Mary, she's like, I'm seeing this because this is what I know. But you can make it make words easy. Like you could set that up super easy. So and she could program it to yes. make it English, basically. Yeah. So it would appear to her basically like a computer screen, you know, it'd just have a graphical interface. Um, which again, this was in the nineties. So when I'm, when I'm reading it, I'm thinking like, they're probably looking at like some fucking DOS machine. Green lettering and everything like that. That's terrible. (laughs) It like makes pictures out of the text. Okay. So theoretically next episode, we're going to see this come to fruition. Well, so, um, that's kind of what they discussed. So Lyra in the middle of all this is like, oh shit, I'm late. I got to go meet Will. And she's like going to bounce. So Mary's like, you'll come back, you know, come back tomorrow. You know, we'll do this. Um, And they kind of leave it out of the book, but there's an exchange they have before she leaves. And Mary's like, come back tomorrow. And Lyra says, and you'll make it make words? Good. Then I'll be back. You'll make it make words. Okay. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but yes. Clearly. How dare you? She's 12. Yeah, I know. You've said that a thousand times. (laughs) I just need you to understand that she's a child. That's why it's okay. okay. But yes, um, she tells Mary that, you know, it can make words and you can communicate with it and like basically tells her like you're on the right path. You've been doing the right thing this whole time. And she asks, you know, she Mary is asking her what it's telling her. And she says, you know, it says that you're important. Um, it says that you're going to I think it they, they say something about like, you're going to have to go somewhere. And then it says something about um, the Chinese box, you know, the, and the, she said the, you have to put the you have to connect it the whatever on your own. Like you have to connect things on your own or something yeah. like that. Yeah. OK. So there's a reference to the Chinese box, which is her her I Ching, which I'm assuming they'll get more into next week, uh, but is kind of explained pretty early on in her conversations with Mary. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of that's kind what, of what, they what is that box? What is that box though? Is it like an actual thing you can go and purchase now? So the you know I mean? I Ching is a sort of divination ritual in Chinese culture. Okay. Um, so Mary has it as kind of like a, like, she doesn't believe, you know, obviously she's a physicist. She doesn't believe in like divination and things, but she thought it was, you know, looked pretty and she liked it. So she has this, this, uh, set of, of eaching sticks. Um, and that kind of, I guess is what, for she's like, that's really weird that like of all the things in my office, you would point that out as being something that I'm supposed to look at, but okay. And okay. then Lyra just bounces. She's like, here's the biggest breakthrough you've had in your entire career. I got to go by. <laughs> I mean, she did promise she'd be back tomorrow. So, can you imagine you know. though, like watching that little girl leave and being like, 
what if she doesn't come back? Then, yeah, no. I mean, she's got nothing. She's got no home address. She's got no... No way to She's got a real name. Her. She does. But, Lyra Silvertongue. Connected to nothing. Yeah, that literally is connected to nothing. So, well, I mean, hey, you got to take risks in science, so... But she does make it back to Will, who is very angry with her for being late to a place he was not even sure he knew that she knew where to find. Yeah, but see, it just it shows his character even more because he said he was worried that something happened to her. That's literally what he was worried about. Not like, oh, I'm about to get caught. You know, I understand people are after me, but what but about you? I was worried something happened. You know, there is the part of like, oh, you know, I'm worried about you for you. But the bigger part of that and what she addresses is, is if you get caught, like, you know where to find me and you know where this hiding place is. So if you get caught, I'm fucked. This is the one place I have to hide. I mean, I feel like he was just being like, wow. Uh, OK, he does not I, give a damn about her. He okay? does. He does. Maybe because you don't see it because you grew up with old soulless Lyra over there. <laughs> that- <laughs> You can't see somebody that's actually good and decent in the story because that's he what he is. He tells her that's why he's upset. He says it's because he has this hiding place that he needs to remain safe. No, he says he needs to remain safe. And I understand wow. that because he's got people after him. Grandparents have gone crazy. They're about to go after him. They got the cops after him. She's calling him a murderer every three seconds. So, yeah, I, I would be a little paranoid, too. Wow. But he still, through all that, was like, what if something happened to you? I was worried about you as well. Because you could give up my hiding spot. No, it wasn't. You're Tell looking you at it the, the cynical way. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as somebody who just watched the show and they just said what they said. You, we've already determined that it's two different things. How right? dare you? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. He, we will go back and watch the scene. Everybody, everybody listening, we will go back and watch the scene. I'll make him watch the scene again so he knows. Yeah, yeah he literally says we will. It. And that's when she prompts you know, her little, you know, I would never betray you because I betrayed somebody before and now he's dead. Which is stupid because you didn't. It's not. You didn't, she kind of did. You didn't, you didn't She didn't know. Him. So then how do you betray somebody that you, how do you betray if you don't know? That doesn't mean it wasn't, she feels responsible. It's in her mind, it's her fault because she brought him to his death. She can feel responsible, which she's wrong about, but she didn't betray. That's not, it doesn't matter that you think that, it matters that she thinks it. I understand. Again, I said she can feel that way, but I'm telling you what the facts are. Betrayal is something that's an active thing that you do. It's not just a passive thing. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, where, where are you getting this from? Where is all this from? She's uh, upset. This is, so is this same feeling, the same sentiment in the book as well? Yeah, this this thing of, you know, I, I've made the mistake before of giving up somebody and I won't do it again. Like, I will mm. never I will never do it again. So mm. she's she's committed to not giving up Will and to, and to helping him out, especially now that the alethiometer has told him that she has to help him find his father. Like, straight up. And he's like, what the fuck do you know about my dad? I'm really, that's that's what I'm very interested in now. Like, his character. What is this dad? Why is he so important to Boreal? Um, I can understand Will wanting to, you know, reconnect and stuff like that, maybe. Um, you know, it's his dad. He's, he's a young kid. And, you know. I still can't get over the fact dad. that. In two seasons now, or 1.2 seasons, we've seen only pictures of this man, but they decided to cast Andrew Scott. Well, there was the the little interview thing with him, right? Oh, that's true. We saw a video. We did see, yeah, we did see? see a computer video. Yeah. They cast Andrew Scott. 
which I've never recognized in any picture. Because you're blind. Because <laughs> you are blind, clearly. Because, or or that he is a chameleon no. when it comes to <laughs> He's not. He looks exactly like Andrew Scott. That can dip in and out of character. He looks like Moriarty with longer hair and a smile. I thought, okay, whenever Lyra went to uh, Watermelon, I thought, what is her name? I can't remember Mary Malone. Her name's Mary. Mary Malone. When she went to Mary Malone and you know how she was behind the curtain and everything like that? Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be Will's dad. Like, literally, I thought that was going to be Will's dad. You thought his ankles were that tiny? He has skinny ankles? Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Are we putting uh, ankles on genders now? I thought we can just have any type of ankles. Do those look like Andrew Scott's ankles? Have I seen Andrew Scott's <laughs> ankles? That's the bigger question here. I'm going to need you to I'm do some re- context clues here. Not going to be recognizing Andrew. Oh, my God. Those are Scott's. Andrew Scott's ankles over there. I've recognized those anywhere. How many times have you seen his ankles, Don't Emma? worry about it. Don't All right, then. Wow. But no, I, I thought that was going to be the thing, though, honestly. I was like, okay, he's going to pull back the curtain, and she's not going to know it's his, Will's dad, of course, because she's never seen him. Um, And we're going to keep playing around this. Like, she's already met Will's dad, but, you know, he doesn't know. So apparently they haven't, though. We're still going to keep him secret for another season or <laughs> something like that. So the alethiometer tells her that she needs to find his dad or help him find his dad. It also tells her that he's connected to Chitagatse. Which is weird because no, it doesn't. Um, so I also don't the, know where that's coming from. Are we leaving Chitagatse gone now? Are we done with that storyline of just the random kids everywhere and the, <laughs> the monsters that are they're killing, you know, boys? I don't know. Because uh, Did it say that it only kills boys? I don't know where you got that from because no, it did not. Well, because we've only seen boy victims. We've seen one victim. We saw the victim, and then remember they talked about another kid that was a a, a boy. They talked about another, but he wasn't a victim. He's basically going to be. They said that he's almost at the age. Okay, so then what's going to happen when oh he gets the age? <laughs> And then we saw two girls, and we saw two girls that didn't look like they were worried at all. Because they're like, much younger. Uh-huh, okay. No, I, it does not it, only it does not attack only boys. I'm beginning it's to see the, the sexism in this How story. How dare, wow. And why you wow. liked it as a young age. I wow. I see what's going on. I see what's going on here. Reverse sexism now, is not a thing. I feel like now I mm. understand you more than ever. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. Well, then you must Please. be happy with Father McPhail launching these these uh, these airships at the witches. Uh, I mean, I felt like why didn't they just fly up and attack? Again, I have no to. answers because this is not in the book. Like they just <laughs> bomb. Book. They did this whole how this whole like voting ceremony thing, which I felt like I still don't understand how that uh, electoral college works. <laughs> <laughs> like. It didn't make any sense. They're like, we're going to take all your votes and then we're going to set them on fire. And then, we'll and then all of a sudden, we'll just know. Yeah, everybody vote on the paper. I'm going to burn them. And then we're just going to, I don't know. They say only he's take mail in votes. They only take mail in votes. Oh, that would be hilarious. Because they did everything <laughs> like lock the door. They had people lock the door inside. Nobody was talking. 
I don't Okay. So anyway, all that's going on at the same time that um, Father McPhail had launched this attack on the witches and just like full-blown napalmed their their islands. Do they say where they're from? I know they've said it before, right? Like, No. I thought they said in the last episode with um, with uh, Hester and... Um, oh, they, they might were there have. The, so wherever islands or whatever they're... Wherever islands they're on or whatever, apparently the main, th- you know, witches aren't on that island because they're watching the thing go down. Very lucky. Um, yes, very, very fortunate convenient. of them to not be in that massacre, apparently. Um, I wonder if there's different levels of, like, witch power, you know? Because maybe the ones on the other island just didn't know how to fly or something. No, not a thing. All right, so then I... I truly have no idea. I have no idea what we're doing here. Yeah, he he bombs them all to hell. And I don't know. I got nothing for you. And we got we got the the witch queens on the other side that are just kind of watching it happen and ostensibly about to just get very angry about it. And this is going to be some sort of motivator. I don't fucking know. So I thought literally this is going to be, oh my God, this is going to be their motivator against the magisterium and they're going to replace the thing in the, oh, I'm going to be upset. I'm gonna be upset if this is how they are gonna censor the book. You already know. Oh wait, you said censor the book. Mm. 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 I, I told you they were gonna. There was gonna be a moment that they're gonna change. We'll we'll see. It can still play out. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I can see the path uh, to what they could do. And I know be what's upset. happening. You hope they will still play out, <laughs> but I don't think they're. And gonna as we've do discussed, it. hope is just denial. No, you know what? I'm cutting that part out, by the way. <laughs> cutting all of that out. It's a theme of this podcast, okay? If you take nothing <laughs> else away you. from this podcast, hope and denial are it the same is thing. Not, they are not the same day, thing, people. They are not. We've had this <laughs> discussion <laughs> season one. It is a thousand percent different. But I thought when they were slow panning into the, the leaders, uh, the witch heads or whatever, mm-hmm. that they were going to get bombed. That would like, set I, me off. I thought, you know what? Because I was waiting for that to happen so you can get set off. Because I, I feel like that doesn't happen, of course, in the in the book. But if they had took that route and then, like, had a Serafina Pecola come back later scarred and burnt up because she was the last survivor of these witches or whatever, that I was, I would have liked that writing a little. Just saying. Not that I wanted to see all these, you know, this mass murder. I'm not for that. But... From a story standpoint, that would have Thank been interesting. <laughs> so, uh, and clearly, Father McPhail feels the weight of his sins, even though it is, as they say, a necessary sin, but a sin nonetheless, uh, because he starts the whole self-flagellation process. Because somehow that's how you're forgiven for fucking murder is just uh, lightly, not even, he didn't even burn himself. He like lightly grazed himself by holding his hand five feet above a candle for 30 seconds. And- yeah. Um, what a baby. The, Honestly, his little, what a baby. His lizard made a little hissing noise whenever, you know, like, ah, it's pretty hot. Um, sh- he or she? I couldn't really It's likely a she. Voice. Generally, your demon is the opposite gender. Really? Yeah. Have we discussed it's almost that before? Always. I feel like we had this conversation in season one when they were, like, weren't saying anything about the demons. We probably mentioned it. But almost oh. always um, males have female demons and females have male demons. Interesting. Not always, but generally. The more you that's, know. That's a that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> um 
Yeah, no, nah, he, he he burns himself. The, the most boring room you've ever seen, people. There's a bed, there's a candle, there's a desk. You might the decoration as well. is sin, Aaron. That's nah, terrible. That's decoration terrible. Decoration is sin. And then what are you doing, too? Like, when he was interrupted, well, he was just kneeling. It wasn't like he was praying What do you think he's like doing? That. He's praying. No, he wasn't. He Excuse was just he was. kneeling. Those. Are you doing that all the time, bro? All the time? Nah. There wouldn't be no. There would be no magisterium. There would be a lot of psychopaths that have killed people. That's what of, <laughs> like within themselves. I'm saying, not even like in the world, just within that building. If that's all you're doing, twenty four seven. You know? Just Do you pray. know why there's there's like monasteries that only have like ten monks because they couldn't have an army of them <laughs> of dudes just kneeling all the time because they would have killed everybody. So yeah, no, it was it was definitely a a thing. Where are we in the <laughs> so, in the time? <laughs> we're almost at the end. We kind of skipped around a little bit because the uh, Father McPhail hurting himself actually happens before we see the witch bombing. That's what I'm um, saying. That's why I asked, "Where are we?" Because I feel like it was out of order. But yes. After the, after that scene with Father McPhail is when um, Mrs. Coulter goes to see Thorold, who is now in the prisons at the Magisterium, which again. And- and this got you upset. This, yeah, this got you and a little. And this uh, is where I got upset because this is the perfect opportunity for a conversation that happens in the book on page forty-six. Is how early it is. Oh yes, let us 46. turn to page forty-six, everyone, in our. And in it's our a books. conversation between Thorold and Serafina Pecola, who had gone oh. to see what had happened. She was basically she like didn't you know was Azrael still there? Was Lyra still there? What the hell happened? So she finds Thorold still there because he was Azrael's manservant. And he's like, without this guy, I got nothing to do. So I'm just going to sit here and wait for him to come back, basically. I, I hate that that uh, <laughs> description of him. His manservant. That's what they call that's, that's him in this. So terrible. That's what that's, they call him in the book. <laughs> that is like the most diminishing thing. Like if anybody he's ever man, calls you a manservant. Man no, guys. Aspire to be more. I'm <laughs> like, just saying. Like, I'm your assistant, all right? I'm your assistant. I will assist you. Anyway, so he never gets <laughs> captured, huh? He doesn't, he's not captured by the Magisterium. Um, Serafina Pecola finds him, and he flat out lays out Azriel's plan to her. And he's like, this is what he's doing. This is his whole plan. Here's Here it is. Here it is. For all to see and all to read about. And so when they didn't lay out on the first episode, I was like, I don't know about this. And then when they show you a moment for a private conversation with Thorold and they don't have that conversation, I get worried. And I'm at this point where, like, I almost want to tell you what it is, but also I don't want to spoil it if they're going to do it later on. Also, none of those conversations were ever private. There was always a guard right there. And it kind of seemed like it was the same dude. He must have just, (laughs) like, guard the whole building. But he was always there. He they spend all their there. extra, uh, their 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 income, their revenue for extras on uh, demons. And they had could a couple they, of them this time. They had a spider, a couple of Rottweilers. That could have just actually been real dogs. Actually, <laughs> truth. They probably Nothing were. <laughs> yeah, we had the lizard. We had the snake. Uh, Boreal never. We had monkey twice and in slow motion. We did have slow mo monkey. That was a good shot. Yeah, we had a slow. It wasn't long enough. It was a good shot. It just they should have. They should have really, you know what they should have done? They should have taken that scene away out of the slow-mo and added it to after she tells Father McPhail, like, basically, I own you. Yes. 
That, that is what it is in my been... notes is Coulter has her villain speech. Yes, she has her villain speech with Father McPhail. Basically, remember that I know something that could destroy you. And I don't know. I own you. So Basically. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Peace. <laughs> and then just walks out. Where are you going? To your mom's house. That's what she basically said. And she just She just has this out. moment that we're like, Mrs. Coulter is a character that you love to hate. Like, she is so good. And Ruth Wilson is just playing her beautifully. Like, this scene, and like, between her villain speech, her slow-mo walk, and her walk out of the building, like... She's just such a badass. I oh. But see, I I don't I don't I don't get the hate from her. Like I like her character. I really like her character. But I feel like in the book she'd be the character you love to hate type yes, of situation. Very much. See, in the show, I just just like her character. She's just a you know uh, a powerful woman type of situation. They've, they've done a couple things to to make her slightly more sympathetic that you don't necessarily get in the book. Um, okay. Just, like, ways that, like, you see emotion from her. Um, that scene of her, like, that looked like she was about to jump off the building last season. Um, they've just oh, done yes, some all those and, scenes. And, <laughs> well, and, the, and, and the, the conversation with Asriel where she talks about how she's staying in this world because this is where their daughter is, which is the complete opposite of the book. Like, they're, they're doing things to make her more sympathetic in some ways, which is an interesting choice, I think. Well, I mean, but... I guess no. I can see. I can see that being a reason behind. Maybe I'm uh, softer on the seed stiller, but wow. I. I mean, we're just calling it a horse a horse, aren't we? I mean, we've watched the we've watched the episode already. Who would abandon their child? Wow. Okay? Who would abandon their child? She's gonna mm. kill you. The only woman in the room is who would abandon their child. <laughs> Oh no! I'm sorry. I take that back. There were, there were two nuns. nuns. There were two there nuns. There were two nuns. Aaron First was literally time. like, "Is that a woman over there?" Yes. <laughs> and then you were like, "There's two. And I looked to the left. And I was like, "There's two. There's two of them. <laughs> Who let them in here? <laughs> Who let them in here?" So, so the last thing we get before her little walkout is uh, McPhail asks her what she's going to do now. He's like, "Are you looking for Azriel?" And she says, "She's not looking for Azriel. She's looking for someone infinitely more valuable." And then she drops the mic and leaves. Mm, who is that, though? Who could know? Mm, who Will. Know? It's Will. Let's see if she's who looking she for totally it. knows exists. I mean, so that was the thing I was going to say. I was confused when she was talking to the assistant in the th- in the um, in the little uh, his little holding cell or whatever. I literally was under the impression that she knew where Lyra was. No, I thought the I, I don't know why I thought that she knew that she had walked through that portal. And no, she was so just Lyra, acting again whenever whenever he said, oh, she followed Dazriel. So I was like, why is she putting up a show in front of him? Like, she knows this. Lyra hid herself during that whole conversation between the two of them. So they didn't know she was there. And then she watches Azriel go through. And then she follows when Mrs. Coulter is already gone. Okay. I, so Mrs. I, Coulter I had no thought... idea that Lyra was even up there. Okay. I don't know that she knew that Lyra was in the north with them. She knew she was in the north because remember she let go of her. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. at Bullfinger. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, so that's where that's where episode two leaves off. I'm gonna give it some time to kind of see how the story is gonna flesh out, and then if they don't get into it, I'm just gonna start reading you passages from the book about like this is what they're I'm, supposed to be doing. <laughs> I'm I'm excited 
simply because I know you're not gonna like the way this is gonna go. I know this it's is just, gonna go. It's different. the big it's the big thing, and it's exactly what was it was what was wrong about the movie. It was one of what one of many things that was wrong about the movie. And it's something that I was afraid of the moment they announced that they were gonna do a TV show of this, is that this show and this book, this book series in particular, pisses off a lot of religious people. And if you're going to tell it right, if you're going to tell the story that is written, you're going to piss off a lot of religious people. And so how that's did, the how worry. Did Pullman, how did Pullman um, like the movie? Did he not? I would imagine he hated it. Oh, so I don't he know. hasn't publicly said anything. He may have. I've just never seen it. Okay. Because I'm but, interested to see how he likes the show. I would also be interested to see that. Um, but that's like, as soon as you announce that you're making an adaptation of this, there is a choice to make of whether or not you want to alienate a a religious audience who will not like the story that you're going to tell. And that's fine. Like, if you're, like, you have to accept that there's going to be certain parts of an audience that are not going to like your show. And that's the thing with every piece of media. So I don't know why you would suddenly be like, oh, we can't, we can't do this. So I'm really just, I'm I don't think they would ever, ever like that going in, though. They wouldn't be like halfway in and go, oh, we can't do this. They're just going to be like, we're going to do it this way. We're going to fool you into think we're going to do it this way because we're going to kind of be as close as we can to the book in the beginning just to hook you on. So you have to keep watching because all we really care about is the first two seasons. The third one is, you know, if you drop off, whatever, we've made our money. So but I am I am very interested to, to, to know what. Pullman thinks about the the show because like it's maybe we could get him on the podcast I mean if you're out there bro you know I I would I you know love to pick your brain about some mistakes you made um wow you're not uh, allowed to be on that episode it's just me and him how dare you how maybe my bff lauren balf can can set something up you don't even know who that is lauren balf (laughs) and i are mutuals on twitter okay we're basically best friends no yes and i'm a part of the uh the staff of the sacramento republic because we follow each other on twitter as well so may as well be nobody knows who they are wow no but i'm 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 curious like (laughs) i don't know uh, like it's taking your work. Like I, I would feel some type of way if I wrote something mm-hmm. and they skewed my, you know, story in some adaptation because they wanted to appeal to a certain audience. Well, but I mean, like, I would imagine I, that he learned his lesson from the book not to let go of a certain amount of creative control. But is he a part of this? I want to say he's a producer, but don't quote me on that. Um, But I would imagine I think we've had that we had that discussion. I think when you did say he was a producer, I'm like producer is just that could be a hollow title. Could be. You put up the money. um, You want to see a return, so you tell them do what you need to do. But I, I like, I don't know. Maybe because I care about my stories. <gasps> that I did he? That, no, okay, never mind. I saw his credit on the Golden Compass movie is writer, but it's it's for writing the book. I thought for a second he wrote the movie, and I was gonna lose dang, my mind. No, <laughs> that would have rewrote your whole history. I would have right actually <laughs> cried. Oh, I would have died right here. But I forgot that they uh, list like, yeah, it's for writing the novel Northern Lights, which is what it used to be called. Oh, they changed the name? Yeah, the, the title of the first book used to be Northern Lights. And then I think when, uh, I think in the American version, it got changed to the Golden Compass. 
Okay. The more you know. <laughs> the more yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but I, that I'm is genuinely excited. <laughs> this, I'm sorry. This is. I was excited last episode because it felt like it was doing something similar, and I'm excited. We're going on a journey, Emma. Do you not realize this yet? He's an executive that, producer on his Dark Materials, by the way. Yeah, he's definitely a hollow title. Um, How dare you? Yeah, we're, we're we're going on this, this adventure together of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're both just unaware of what's gonna happen. I'm feeling pretty unaware. This honestly, so this great. episode was like 85 percent new shit to me that just did not I was about exist. To say, yeah, we I only like, how many pages could like you... 30 pages in this episode. Mm, mm. It feels good. I hate you. Good. I hate you. I'm just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it some time and see see what they do. There's a couple of things that I'm um, very excited to see from this from this uh, this season that I I'm really curious how they're gonna do the timing on some of them because there's some stuff on how the book is timed that I had forgotten about that I was like reading it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this happened this late in the book. That I'm really curious to see if they're gonna hold off on on the show or they're gonna be like, we need to front load this. So people are interested. Um, when are we getting the knife? No. Yeah, I the do. whole thing. I, I thought it was. I thought it was leading up to it in the first episode, which it kind of felt like it was. You know, the boys going to the tower where the knife is, or something like that, was you know some form of that was uttered, and then he starts to, and then we just don't. And he turned around and went to bed. Yeah. And woke up the next day. Didn't we have the golden compass in like episode two, at least of season one? But when did we get the northern lights? Episode one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm, if okay, so that's my thing for the next week. We need three. We need episode uh, three to be the subtle knife. What is the episode title? I haven't looked it up. I will tell you momentarily because I was not ready for you to ask me that question. I literally thought you were prepared for everything, but apparently I, I was wrong. How dare you? So episode no three one to is blame called. But myself. Wow. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what it's called? Do you want to know <laughs> yes, what it's called? I do. Yes. It's called. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a great day. No, it's I called swear. theft. It's called theft. Theft. See, now I got to think all metaphorically because a cave <laughs> isn't a cave anymore. Apparently. And we still don't know where the fuck the magpies were in the first episode. City of magpies. Magpies are birds by the sea. So, but where were they? Yeah. They were the little girls. Wow. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you next time for episode three, Theft. I thought, you were gonna say, I thought you were going to say something. I thought you were going to say bye. You know? <laughs> this is why we can't work in separate rooms, you guys. I got to have like visual cues to tell him when he needs to talk. That was how dare you. How <laughs> dare you.